The BYU football program is enjoying some much-needed downtime this weekend as they get ready to face off against TCU in the back half of their schedule, kicking off next Saturday. What are some of the changes I hope they made this week in practice they will implement as soon as next week against the Horned Frogs? We'll talk about that. We'll also talk some BYU basketball. I also have a couple of emails you guys have sent in that I want to answer as well. we got a lot to cover, not a lot of time to do it, so let's get right to it. This is Locked on Cougars. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports. And, of course, today's show is brought to you by our friends over at LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs help find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. All right, let's dive right in on today's show and uh, talk a little bit about BYU football. Now, uh, the Cougars practiced, practiced Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this week as they were getting ready for their bye week. Uh, players have been given some extra downtime. I've seen uh, some of them scatter uh, to uh, parts unknown. I'm, what I mean by that is they've gone home if they live out of state or their family lives out of state, some of them. And obviously, there's going to be plenty of work going on during the bye week as well, but also some much needed downtime. It's an opportunity for guys to unwind a little bit, catch up on schoolwork, do do all the things they need to do to continue to uh, put the student part in the student-athlete side of things. The other thing is the NIL uh, platform. Now, some of you may have seen uh, that Utah has rewarded all 85 of their scholarship players with Ram 1500 trucks, uh, 2024 editions. Uh, average uh, uh, bill on one of those re- uh, retail is $61,000. It's coming by way of Crimson Collective as well as For the Win 360, a new video platform that the Utah are partnering with, in addition to the Garf family, of course, has a network of dealerships across the United States of America who are help, uh, helping source all that, and they're a big part of this NIL deal. Let me just say this, for any of you Cougar fans who are fretting that Utah uh, is getting the upper hand on BYU and NIL, hold your horses. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm kind of uh, bound to secrecy in a lot of ways on this, but good news is on the horizon for BYU in a very similar, if not downright, uh, same type of format for BYU athletics. I've said way too much, so bear with me on that. But the bigger thing is that the bye week is a very important time for BYU to regroup, obviously. And in many ways, they don't necessarily need to regroup for because of a bad thing. It's just a chance to heal up and hopefully hit the ground running when they head to TCU next Saturday, a 1.30 kickoff here along the Wasatch Front, 2.30 there in Fort Worth. And it's just a big opportunity for BYU looking at the back half of their schedule, knowing that, hey, we've put a lot money in the bank, so to say, with a 4-1 and one record on the, in the front half uh, figuratively of our, of our schedule. Now let's hit the back uh, half and go uh, make a run at it. There's a big opportunity for BYU here, but there's some changes I hope the BYU has made during this bye week. And uh, there, Some of them are personnel, other ones are just philosophical type stuff. So the number uh, one thing that I hope the BYU changed is maybe changing a little bit of how they go about their rush game philosophically. And what I mean by that is I'm not asking for a wholesale change and saying, alright, let's completely change the 
blocking uh, scheme. Let's change how we're operating in that realm. I'm just hoping that philosophically they're having a different message preached to them because it feels like they made some progress, obviously, against Cincinnati. And I'm assuming something changed at that point uh, to get beat, to get the offensive line operating on the same page. Like I said, in our uh, postcast edition of the podcast that we did, was it a perfect transition? No, it wasn't. It was not the, 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 the perfect uh, performance for BYU when it comes to their offensive line this past week. But the philosophy, I think, needs to continue, continue to evolve, whether that's messaging from Aaron Roderick, Daryl Funk, messaging amongst the players themselves, uh, uh, come to Jesus meeting, uh, just uh, getting on the same page. I don't know what it is. I just want to see an upgrade in that realm. Number two, I want to see an upgrade at punt returner. It's This is nothing against Hobbs Nyberg. Let me be very clear about this. He has been a very, very serviceable punt returner during his time at BYU, but they could do more. I hope that they give other guys an opportunity back there at punt returner. Look at other guys on the roster. Keelan Marion, Parker Kingston. Uh, heck, Caleb Christensen may get another look considering he's uh, back in the good graces with the football program uh, playing some defensive back. Give some of these guys another look and see if you can find a better option in the punt return game. It's just It feels like that's a place in special teams that's lacking a little bit. Whereas uh, college football has tried to do away and really kind of almost in a way... Um, legislate kickoff returns out of the game because of the high impact and obviously the high uh, percentage of injuries relative to other parts of the college football and just football game in general. Pun return remains uh, relatively unchanged. Yes, you can't necessarily go and wipe guys out like they were uh, uh, in the past when it comes to special teams, but you can uh, get better field position via punt return, it feels like, in many circumstances than you could from kick return. Why wouldn't you look at all options in the punt return game? So that's one thing. And like I said, if Hobbs Nyberg proves to continue to be the best option for BYU, then so be it. I'll, I'll accept that. But I would hope that BYU takes a wholesale look at that. Another thing I would look at right now from BYU is how are we uh, going about in terms of our reporting of injuries? And what I mean by that is, is that in this day and age, folks, there, there is so much ingrained in college sports with the proliferation of legalized sports gambling. Now, the state of Utah, it's not legal, and it probably will be like literally the last state to ever uh, legalize uh, sports betting or uh, gambling of any type. That's just it's not in the Utah uh, state DNA. I, I get that. It would probably have to come down from the federal government to get Utah to acquiesce to any sort of uh, of legalized wagering, but... Here's the thing. Uh, injuries uh, play a big role in how uh, lines are set. And there are whispers out there. And I trust me, I talk to enough people on a weekly basis myself about injuries around BYU that if if I really wanted to, to really open up a can of worms, I could do it. Almost anybody in the media court BYU can do it. But there's kind of like this um, gentleman's agreement that we, we almost play coy in a way. I would hope that BYU learned something from the situation up at Utah right now. Cam Rising went on a local radio station, ESPN 700, and said that I didn't just tear my ACL, folks. I completely wiped out my knee. I tore my MCL, my meniscus, just multiple injuries in that knee. And the the, the messaging from the Utah football program all offseason long, he's on track, he's tracking well. And then now they've kind of heaped all of the, I guess, I don't want to say blame, but kind of all the, the reason why Cam isn't playing on 
to his doctor, who is Dr. Neil Elatrache or whatever, how you say his name. He's one of the most foremost renowned surgeons in terms of orthopedic sports injuries in the entire world. Like this dude, he he is the man outside of Dr. James Andrews, it feels like, when it comes to having orthopedic surgery for sports injuries. This dude is the the general uh, practitioner, if I'm not mistaken, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like he is he is the man when it comes to these surgeries. But the University of Utah has done themselves no favors by continuing to crow that Cam Rising's on his way. It felt like in many ways his comments were trying to set the record straight, saying, you know what, I, I've tried everything in my power to get back, but understand that it was more significant than just a simple ACL tear. And I, why I bring up Utah to talk about BYU is I just hope that at some point these college football programs can just be a little more forthcoming with their injury reports. You don't need to tell us necessarily what the injuries are. I, I'm, I'm not saying you need to go out and do what the NBA does where it feels like the NBA goes to like the, the, the most minuscule detail of this is exactly what the injury is. You can't pronounce half the words that they're saying that the injury is, and this is how long he's expected out. But you could simply just put out a probable, questionable, doubtful, and out designation. It's what the NFL requires of all their teams. Now, this is pie-in-the-sky type stuff. I get that, but it's something I I wish the BYU would do because it would help uh, deal with some of the issues out there when it comes to uh, Cougar fans and just college football fans in general getting upset when a player's, well, he's getting close to coming back, but then they don't play for a number of weeks when it's like they're, they're getting close or they're on track. It would clear up so much confusion in that realm. Uh, and like I said, the, the, today's podcast, let me be also very clear, this is kind of stuff I've been spitballing through my mind. I've had a lot of other stuff going on, and many of you know uh, what's going on in my personal life with my son and all, but uh, the, the bigger thing is, it just feels like there, there, are, some, there are some changes that could uh, be implemented that would help clear a lot of the, the situations up around uh, just with injuries, and that would include BYU on that realm. Maybe it would have to be legislated by the Big 12. I don't know. It would, it, it's going to have, I, I think it needs to change. I hope it does change, but I'd I'm not expecting it next week to change. That's just one of the ideas I had in my head. Um, one other personnel one I meant to mention this earlier on is I, I want to see more uh, from BYU when it comes to the defensive secondary. And what I mean by that is uh, I've really liked what Tanner Wall and Ethan Slate have done at safety for BYU. They've been fantastic. But what I saw from Raider DeMooney makes me think that he is the future of the safety position for BYU right now. He should be starting next week against TCU. Let him take his lumps. He looks every bit the part of a future star safety for BYU. He looks just he looks the part of the next Insert Craig Bills, Kainakua, Andrew Rich, you know, the Aaron Francisco, the, the history of great BYU safeties. Raider DeMooney appears to be the next in that long line of great defensive backs for BYU. And it's nothing against Tanner Wall. It's nothing against Ethan Slate. It's nothing against Crew Wakely. They have given their heart and soul to this football program. But Raider DeMooney is the best athlete of the bunch. Start him. Put him in the starting lineup and let him take his lumps. Yes, there are going to be bumps in the road because he is still a relatively young football player. He just he's home off of a mission. Obviously, he's an older athlete, but he's not played a lot of college football. He's actually played very minimal. But what I saw against Cincinnati has me thinking. You know what? It's time. 
make the transition. You made the transition from Malik Moore because Malik Moore has got his butt planted on that bench for whatever reason right now, and I don't know what the situation is there. I wish I did, but uh, if he can't get on the football field, let's just go to the future and turn your attention to Raider DeMooney. He's a freshman. Give him as many reps as you possibly can and let him uh, really learn on the job at this point. You can intersperse Crew Wakely, Tanner Wall, Ethan Slade all alongside him, and there will, there will continue to be a rotation, but I want to see Raider DeMooney's name atop the depth chart. That's my personal hope on that matter. Uh, another thing I'm looking forward to is seeing how uh, the, the running back uh, position continues to kind of shake out for BYU. It looks like LJ Martin is, is far and away BYU's number one running back. Will there be any point that the mysterious injury, uh, whatever has been ailing Aiden Robbins, will he return from that and can he make a, a push back up the depth chart? Who knows? Is Miles Davis really t- ready to really make his move and establish himself as the number two running back? Can Deion Smith finally get untracked and really prove himself? I want to see a more clear picture outside of LJ Martin of who really BYU can rely on at running back because you need to find at least one other back who can be the the complement to LJ Martin. LJ Martin's a similar situation to me of what Raider DeMuni is. Where LJ Martin proved himself and has been given that opportunity. Give that same opportunity to opportunity to a guy like Raider DeMuni. That's I want to see the youth movement. I want to see some of these guys who look very much the part. Just give them the job and tell the other guys, hey, it's nothing against y'all, but we're we're looking a little bit to get these guys ingrained into the program because they are the future. They're, they're simply put, they are the future of this program. So those are just me spitballing with a few things I've have been kicking around my mind for BYU during this bye week. Now, uh, other things have been happening this week. Obviously, with a bye week, a basketball took a little bit uh, of center stage. They had their first media availability of the season. Had our first opportunity to see uh, BYU players working out uh, the new programs. Maybe some of my impressions of the basketball program coming up next, and then we'll round out today's show uh, with a couple of emails I received and. Uh, you guys don't disappoint. I'll just say that when you guys send in your emails. I guess a, a miniature uh, listener mailbag as well as some other news and notes on BYU sports going into the weekend. Well, as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, a quick word on our friends over at LinkedIn. Every, uh, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. All of us want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to turn to LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help people fi- find the right people for your team, more importantly, faster and for free. All you got to do is go online and set up that uh, LinkedIn job, uh, the job application or whatever, the form, whatever you're looking to do, my friends. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. Tell people know that you're t- hiring and they have uh, simple tools like screening questions, making it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. And that's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. That's all because of LinkedIn jobs. They are helping you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college post that job for free once again terms and conditions apply today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at uccu of course uccu is their mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money kids look to parents to become financially literate and of course uh you as parents or myself don't always have the right answers learn and earn what they're calling it is uh, breaking down financial topics into fun 
fun bite-sized educational games like quizzes and trivia. Every time a family member completes a topic, they earn points to the crew and can be redeemed for gift cards to a myriad of retailers, Amazon, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family and you all can compete against one another and track your progress on leaderboards. Learn and Earn is available inside the UCCU mobile banking app and of course you can play it anytime, anywhere because it's mobile, my friends. So the more you play, the more you learn. And of course, the more you learn, the more you earn. It's all courtesy of UCCU, the Learn and Earn program, part of their award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Uh, apologies for the lack of special graphics on today's show. I've uh, been a little bit busy, uh, as, as most of you guys know out there, and uh, just uh, just didn't have time to get that done. I just wanted to get the podcast out to you guys. Apologies that yesterday's did not uh, come through. I just... Just a little bit too busy uh, with everything going on in the world. But I want to encourage you guys, if you're watching this on Friday morning or at any point, really, after this, uh, check out the Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. It goes live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. Mountain Time on every Locked On College YouTube channel, including this one. Uh, covers imp- playoff implications, conference rivalry games. Of course, goes in depth like only Locked On can with insight and analysis from their stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every single day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live once again uh, this morning, Friday morning, or it's on demand as soon as it goes uh, onto our podcast feeds or uh, like our YouTube feeds uh, on lo- any Locked on college YouTube channel, you won't want to miss it. All right. A couple of things on BYU basketball. Now, the Cougars do know their uh, first ever Big 12 schedule, and it's a doozy, folks. There's there's no hiding uh, for the BYU basketball program out there when it comes uh, to the level of basketball they will be going up against literally night in, not night in and night out, but uh, every game they play in the Big 12 this season. And I don't think anybody in the BYU men's basketball program is under any illusion that they're uh, going to uh, be uh, overlooked and also um, just under under um, valued, but the bigger thing is they know what type of teams they're going up against all the time. And the same thing about for the women's basketball team. The women's basketball team was picked 11th out of the 12 teams participating in the Big 12 Conference this season in women's hoops. So uh, there is going to be a really, really tough road to hoe uh, for the men's and women's basketball programs for BYU. But I had a chance to go out to BYU basketball practice and availability earlier this week. is actually a welcome distraction uh, for just for a little bit to uh, feel a little bit normal out there. But the bigger thing for BYU is the men's message I got from both, uh, uh, they had Dallin Hall speak to the media. Uh, Mark Pope was actually uh, traveling the day that they had media availability on Tuesday. Uh, but the, the bigger message coming from the BYU basketball program is that we know what we're up against. But they're also very, very excited. Dallin Hall said that he re- he he learned of BYU's move to the Big 12 Conference while he was in the mission field. Uh, he said he had committed to BYU with the whole thought that he'd be playing in the West Coast Conference, going up against St. Mary's and Gonzaga, most notably during his time as a collegiate athlete, but he said this is the dream for him as an athlete is to play this type of basketball because you look at BYU men's basketball schedule, their non-conference slate is very home-heavy. The only true road game for BYU during the non-conference portion is a road game December 9th at Utah. The rest of it's 
either home or a neutral side event, uh, one of them being played at the Delta Center for BYU. But then, man, you open a Big 12 play against Cincinnati. Then you're at Baylor, at UCF, uh, home uh, to Iowa State, at Texas Tech, home to Houston, home to Texas, at West Virginia, at Oklahoma, home to Kansas State, against UCF once again at home, at Oklahoma State, home to Baylor, at Kansas State, at Kansas, TCU, at Iowa State, and then finally finishing it off with a home game against Oklahoma State. That is like murderer's row. Almost every one of those teams that I just mentioned on BYU's Big 12 schedule has either uh, NCAA tournament aspirations slash expectations, if not outright Final Four slash NCAA uh, championship uh, potential in them. That That is what BYU is going up against. And a guy like Dallin Hall is going to play a very key role for BYU this season. He is. It's not lost on him what BYU's got uh, staring them in the face this season. I think that BYU's done a pretty good job and it was one practice, so I'm going to be very, very clear about this. But I liked what I saw from some of the newcomers in the BYU men's basketball room. Ali Khalifa, he, the, 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 the moniker that he is the Egyptian magician with his passing ability, it's legit, folks. He had some passes during the media portion, and we watched. I, I watched about eighty-five ish percent of the practice. He had some passes as a six foot eleven big man who is not small by any means. Let me just be very clear about that. He's got good size to him, but his passing ability—it's going to unlock opportunities for BYU in their offense. He also shot forty plus percent from the three-point line. Now, I didn't see him attempt a three that I can remember during practice, but the hype about him is real. I really like what Dallin Hall looks like. He has transformed his body. He looks significant more cut, more lean. Looks like he's uh, really worked on his body to be able to hold up against the rigors of this Big 12 schedule. Same thing for guys like Trevin Nell and Richie Saunders. Like they, They're going to be very important for BYU out on the wing. Their three-point shooting and their ability to defend on the wing are going to be critical to any and all success that BYU has in the basketball sense this season. Now, Marcus Adams Jr., the newest member of the BYU basketball program, he was in a boot. Uh, the coaches said that uh, he has a minor injury. It's in the healing phase. They're hoping that he's be able to be on the court uh, soon. Uh, that was only the the only noticeable injury concern that I saw out there for BYU. Jackson Robinson uh, looked, uh, I thought, pretty good out there for BYU uh, as, as another wing player. But the hope is that Marcus Adams, once he is cleared to resume basketball activities, get on the court and practice with his team, what this kid showed at Narbonne High School down there in the L.A. area was a dude who could absolutely hoop and could score with the best of them. How quickly will that translate to BYU and on the basketball court? Who knows? The other thing about this is, uh, I don't know how many of you probably noticed over the weekend, BYU hosted... Uh, last week for high-level uh, prospects. We're talking high three-star, if not outright four-star talents across the board. Brooks Barr, uh, 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 Brady, uh, Brody Kozlowski. The, there were a number of guys, uh, Malik Diallo uh, from Wasatch Academy. All There were multiple on campus uh, throughout the week and obviously into the weekend as BYU took on Cincinnati. BYU knows they have to uh, recruit at an elite level to really compete uh, annually in the Big 12 Conference. And that's going to take them really upping their game in the recruiting sphere. Will they land all four of those high-level players? It'd be awesome if they did because all of them could be really, really nice impact players for the BYU basketball program and they're the type of athletes BYU needs to have when it comes to competing in the Big 12 Conference. But I also, uh, I'm not expecting them to land all four of them. If they do, great. But the, the thing is, BYU understands this. It's a similar circumstance with BYU football. They knew, okay, we have had very good athletes, but we've got to step it up to another level with Big 12 football. And, of course, BYU has used the transfer portal to a great degree, and 
I would expect the BYU basketball will continue to blend both high school recruiting as well as transfer portal additions to fill out Mark Pope's roster. But I get the sense from the BYU basketball program that the the reality of what they're going up against is not lost on them, but they're also very excited to go out there and compete. Will they be competitive year one? (laughs) TBD. Uh, but I get the sense that they are they're they're ready for it. They are ready for the challenge. How ready can they really be? And will that readiness translate to them being above 500 in conference play? I have my doubts. But I hey, here's the thing: BYU football. There are people out there saying that well, Kalani Sataka could be fired at BYU. They could go three and nine this year, folks. They're already four and one. That they have they love embracing the underdog mentality, and I get that sense that BYU basketball will take that same underdog role that the football program has embraced and say, let's go out and shock the world. We'll see how it goes. Uh, it's going to be the one thing I can assure you of, and I guess I can just uh, peel back the curtain on this. I did buy two tickets uh, to BYU basketball. Not for me. Uh, I, I'm going to be able to go to a, uh, uh, go to any game I want uh, with a media credential. I'll be very frank about that. I bought two tickets because I want y'all. Uh, I want BYU fans to go out and experience this because you have Baylor coming in, Oklahoma State, uh, Texas. I, I wish that Kansas was coming here year one, but they will come at some point uh, down the road for BYU basketball. I bought two tickets. Now, they're not premier seats, but I, I, I got two tickets, and I'm going to give them away to you. You guys out there in Cougar Nation, send you guys to the games, and uh, I will we'll have more details on that. The season draws a little bit closer, but this is going to be a historic first season for BYU basketball, and get ready for it. And we're going to send you guys out there. If you guys are interested in that, uh, we'll have more details, like I said, soon enough. But I, I bought the tickets thanks to your guys' support of the podcast. It's all uh, with the walking around money that you, all the views and downloads and all that type of stuff that you guys do. Same reason I'm able to travel a little bit for B- to cover BYU football. Uh, it's because you guys are support, and I want to reward you guys. So I, I bought two tickets, and we're going to send you guys to these games because this is this is a historic, historic moment at B- Brigham Young University. Just not for football. It's for the entire athletic department. And it's not lost on BYU basketball either because this is the best basketball league in the country. And we're going to send you guys out to enjoy some hoops because this is the, the era of Portland, some of these dogs that li- existed in, in the, uh, the West Coast Conference at times for BYU over the past decade. Plus, it's no longer. This is top to bottom. This is going to be awesome hoop, and I, I hope you guys will get a chance to get out and enjoy it. And like I said, uh, we'll be rewarding a number of you listeners throughout the season upcoming as well. So, uh, just some of my thoughts, uh, spitballing a little bit more on basketball. But I, I get the sense that they they know they know the challenge in front of them, and that they should honestly. I, I get that, but you you can tell that there is a palpable uh, feeling of let's get to work, let's go show what we're capable of, and this is a big opportunity for BYU basketball to make an impression across the country and I'm hopeful that they will rise to the occasion and go out there and and, and prove everybody and show what they're capable of. All right. Enough of that. Uh, let's finish up today's show. Let's talk a little bit more about other BYU sports uh, coming up this weekend. Also, BYU women's soccer in action last night. The number seven ranked team against the number seven ranked team. Welcome to how national rankings work out there. Texas Tech and BYU squaring off at Southfield. Uh, how did that all pan out? We'll talk about all of that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Now, another quick word on our great friends over at FanDuel. Of course, snap into action with the NFL season ongoing with FanDuel, America's number one sports book, my friends. Right now, new customers can bet 200 get 
can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, off your initial bet, my friends. It's simple as that. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The best part is the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and many, many more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. That's all courtesy of your friends at FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, uh, wrapping up today's show, and a big thank you all all the same uh, to all of you who are everydayers, and thank you for your support of the podcast. As always, thank you for being uh, with us here. And let me just, uh, on a personal note, uh, I, I'm thankful to all y'all who have kind of born, uh, have been bearing with me over the past week and a half, roughly, uh, since my son was born. He's been in the NICU, and uh, let me be uh, very frank, uh, it's been it's been interesting uh, to navigate this. I've had to uh, play Mr. Mom in multiple circumstances. I've been to multiple parent-teacher conferences this week. I've been on leave from radio uh, and all that stuff. Uh, I, of course, working for the KSL Sports Zone, all that stuff. Uh, well, while I've split time with my wife and being with our newborn son at the NICU, in the NICU and also... Uh, being at home with our daughter and son who are his older siblings. It's been a very interesting time. And, uh, man, I I don't mean to get emotional on this, but you guys, um, the messages you guys sent in have meant a lot. And, man, I don't mean to get this emotional about this, but I I, I just want to thank all y'all for bearing with me. It's been a crazy week and a half, and I, I I haven't got as many podcasts done as I wanted to. I've spent a lot of time, uh, man. Uh, but it's just I I, I want to say thank you to all of you, uh, for your support. Uh, it, truthfully, I uh, have uh, messages have flooded in from all over. So, uh, thank you for your support and just. Honestly, you guys are the best. It, it really does uh, make it uh, easy to do what I do. Apologies, I got a man big softy now that I'm a dad. But uh, here's the thing: is it, it's it's incredible. People that I've I, I've literally never met thousands of you. Uh, who watch and or consume this podcast in person. But I feel like I get to know y'all via social media, via the emails you sent, via the interactions we have uh, digitally. And it it just, it means the world to me. So thank you for the support. Thank you for bearing with me. And honestly, uh, just thank you for everything. It, it, it's been a period of a lot of reflection, obviously, because I've got a little one that I, I want nothing more than for him to be home, but also he's got to be healthy before he comes home. And I've got two other kids that are in school and in their own activities. And it's been, it's been insane. But I, I just want to say a thank you for all the support uh, that you guys have offered the, uh, man, People have reached out and offered uh, help. I don't have a good way to think to thank you guys, honestly. Man, got other things I got to talk about, but uh, just once again, thank you uh, for everything. It, it really does. Uh, mean the world that you guys take the time out of your day uh, to support this and obviously support my family by extension and 
I appreciate it. All right. Uh, let's get to some other things real quick. You got to get to a couple other things before we go here. Okay, uh, a couple of emails that came in. Uh, Tanner Mortimer sent this in. And Tanner, of course, you're a longtime listener. I appreciate you sending this. It says, those that wanted the TCU to be a night game because, quote, BYU does better at night might be in luck because there will be a solar eclipse on October 14th when BYU plays TCU. I don't think it's at the exact same time, but it's close. Uh, that's a good point there, Tanner, because I don't know if you've seen that they're they're saying that, that Central Utah could have massive traffic jams because that uh, blood, uh, the, they call it the blood moon or blood sun or whatever they're calling it, is going to go right across Central uh, to Southeastern Utah. And they're saying that the traffic in those areas could be uh, backed up for miles potentially on October 14th. Uh, but uh, it is a good point. So maybe maybe that's the answer right there. Maybe BYU will do that. They are 19-1 and one in their last uh, true night games. Like We're talking about 8 o'clock and after kickoffs. I get that thought. Um, another, another email that came in, and this one... Uh, okay. I'm not going to read the person's name because I don't want to out them uh, publicly. But this was the email. It says, the... the, the Oh, I'm going to go from uh, crying to laughing. But uh, this email came in. It said, the subject line says, love your podcast, but dot, dot, dot. Here we go. Love your podcast, but I'd hate hearing you and other BYU-associated people referencing, quote, the football gods. It's annoying hearing it on ESPN, but it's so much worse hearing it from people who know better. Think Celestial, brother. Okay. Uh, second part of this. Also, I love that you asked Connor Pay about his favorite conference talks. All right, uh, I'm going to leave you anonymous here because I, I don't want to, like, flame away on you. Here's the thing. The, the, the football gods comment is, it's pretty innocuous in the realm of things. My mother, my, my, my saintly mother, who uh, I am the oldest of seven kids, she is the most devout woman I know in anywhere I've, uh, of anybody I know. I ran this email by her, and she said, are you kidding me? They, they, they really care about you using the term the football gods? Well, okay, okay. If it's gonna offend people, I'll just start saying the football deities or the football, whatever. <sighs> Thank you for the levity, honestly, because I, I get that you're serious about the take, but at the same time, really, football gods think celestial brother. Come on now. Uh, <sighs> I love, I love you guys out there. <laughs> All right, a little bit of nonsense, but nonetheless. All right, a couple of notes real quick. Uh, BYU women uh, soccer tied 1-1 with number 7-ranked Texas Tech. Uh, this has been an interesting uh, soccer season for BYU women's soccer. They very much look very competitive in this conference. Uh, it was not going to be a cakewalk by any means going into a higher level of basketball, so congratulations Jennifer Rockwood and her squad uh, on their draw. Excuse me, I was, they draw two, it was drew 2-2. It was 1-1 at halftime. I apologize. Ended up drawing 2-2, uh, both scoring goals on either side of halftime. So congratulations to women's soccer on that showing. Also, you're going to see a BYU women's volleyball number 10 ranked Cougars are headed to Oklahoma on Saturday. That'll be tomorrow, 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Uh, BYU women's volleyball ranked number 10 in the country. They moved up one spot this past week in the rankings, if I'm not mistaken. And also, I meant to mention this earlier, Jacob Robinson was named the Jim Thorpe Award National Defensive Back Player, uh, National Pl Defensive Back of the Week Award winner for this past week. So congratulations to him. And also, BYU uh, football is going to reseat the north and south end zones. Uh, it's got a lot of BYU fans up in arms. I get that, but uh, it, 
at this point, I, I, I wouldn't uh, proclaim to say that I have any influence one way or the other on saying whether it's a good or a bad thing. It's just more of the same for BYU Athletics. And they're, they're trying to generate new revenue streams, and this is a way to do that. And obviously, it's going to upset some BYU fans along the way, but also give opportunities to others. So, uh, yeah. So there you go. Uh, so thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for the support of the podcast once again. Uh, it, it really does mean a lot that you guys have reached out. Uh, there have been a number of you who have offered up meals, have uh, sent your well wishes, your prayers, your thoughts. It, it it really does mean the world to me. So thank you for bearing with me on this podcast. My mind's not really been as entrenched as it should be in what I do, and I my, my schedule's been screwed up. I Many of you know how uh, regimented my schedule is during the season. Typically, uh, having a kid during this period is kind of thrown into a little bit of a, uh, just a, a kind of a warp in a way. But uh, looking forward to getting back to it. I'm going to be back doing radio next week as well. We'll get back into the swing of things. It's game week once again. We're coming off the bye week. Uh, looking forward to BYU and TCU squaring off. Any big news that happens over the weekend, I'll be sure to maybe hit uh, throw up some shorts on YouTube and also on social media. I'll give you some quick takes if anything crazy happens over the weekend. But uh, the good news is Monday, we're back at it. It's game week. BYU and TCU, we're going to talk with Steven Simcox uh, from Locked On Horn Frogs next week on the podcast. We'll talk with Connor Pay again, uh, recap how the bye week went for him, how his downtime went, etc. So we got plenty to go, and a big thank you once again for bearing with me on uh, during this week. Uh, it's kind of, like I said, it's been just a weird one, but we're getting back after it. So uh, thank you once again for the support. The good news is, I probably should also say this, uh, it's looking like my son is going to come home sooner rather than later that that's the positive news so don't have a firm date yet but it's looking like the the time in the NICU is uh, fast coming to a close fingers crossed uh, knock on wood all that good stuff but uh, thank you once again for the podcast and I'm going to stop bloviating on and we're going to wrap this thing up so thank you once again for making Lockdown Cougars your first listen of the day thank you to all of you uh, who have supported the venture and also thank you for making it your first listen as well as being everydayers with us here on the podcast until next time probably on Monday have a great rest of your day my friends this has been the Lockdown Cougars podcast see ya <laughs>